0: Vivek Shankaran joined Albertsons as president and CEO in April 2019. The former PepsiCo Foods North America CEO spent about 11 months on the job here in Boise before the pandemic began to impact the US, and particularly the grocery sector. In the months since, the company has seen big changes, including in terms of its physical store locations, response to the pandemic, the summer IPO, and zooming sales. We talked to Vivek about the company about competition and technology, about its role in Boise, and what Idaho can do to attract and retain companies like Albertsons. He's our guest on this edition of the Boise Dev Podcast, next. The Boise Dev Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a free platform for podcasts like this one. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can even add in songs from Spotify to help spice up those episodes. Anchor will make sure that your podcast is distributed pretty much everywhere: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcasts with an ad like this. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started.
1: You are listening to the Voicey Dev Podcast.
0: Vivek Shankaran, CEO of Albertsons. Thanks for joining us on the Boise Dev Podcast.
1: Nice to meet you, Don.
0: Good to meet you. You know, you uh, moved to Boise fairly recently. How have you enjoyed town so far?
1: It's been great. You know, I haven't been able to enjoy it like I guess we would have in any other year. But right. <laughs> yeah, but I've enjoyed the town. You know, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's uh, always wonderful seeing the different mu- shades of the mountains around us been a good town. A lot of people moving in, so it's been, uh, it's a vibrant crowd, let me say, uh, in Boise, and I've enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, a lot of growth here, and Albertsons has been part of that. Uh, You know, Boise, in the history of Albertsons, could probably fill a book. What role do you see the area playing moving forward for
1: Albertsons? It's home. It's our headquarters. You know, a lot of us are there and will continue to be there. Um, it's, uh, we've got a lot of stores, more importantly, the headquarters too. We've got a lot of stores with a lot of history, uh, in and around Boise and in Idaho, uh, more broadly. Um, and, uh, what I'll tell you, Don, is that, uh, we have, we bring, we brought a lot of talent and, uh, we give talent, uh, choices, either Boise or in Pleasanton, California. And we have people who choose to come to one or the other. And, uh, so we, we will continue to, um, uh, uh, be part of that community.
0: Have you seen people starting to say, hey, you know what, uh, California has become tricky. Um, maybe I'd like to try Boise. Are you see people maybe uh, changing kind of their locale based on some of the factors we've
1: seen this year? It just depends. Honestly, there's as many people who choose California from somewhere as they do Boise. What I find is I think uh, Boise is a great place. If you have a family, you have young kids, um, you know, it's a really great spot because you can get more for your money, and, it's a, and there's a nice network uh, for for people to get into the communities there. Um, and so we see that. Um, and so uh, it's hard for me to say that people are in general shifting, though. When I when I talk to people, there's a lot of people from California in in uh, Boise today.
0: Yeah, for sure. What, you know, Albertsons has been a part of the Boise story and the Idaho story for so long. When you look at your company and, and the state and what it offers, are there things that you think that the state can do better to attract and retain companies like Albertsons in the future?
1: Uh, first, I think the state's doing a lot of things, right? It's a very business-friendly state, um, and uh, we're all able to conduct business and connect with, uh, with the leaders uh, as as we need to. Uh, in fact, uh, just about this last year, I went to Washington with a few other leaders from Idaho, and we talked about uh, different things we can do. I think the one area that always matters is uh, creating the conditions to attract talent, right um talent in um, in in the the engineering capabilities and doing more to attract that talent and keep them and create a critical mass for them so that they can find the mobility staying in Boise uh, for their careers, I think will always be a plus. Uh, we've got the momentum and things we can do to help that I think will make it even better.
0: Do you talk to some of your peers at, at, at Micron or Boise Cascade or Cradle Point or some of these other large companies that are based in Boise? Do you have conversations with them on ways that you can work together to kind of help that environment lift all boats?
1: Yeah. In fact, we've just started uh, those conversations. It's funny you asked that because we just got a network of us together and had this first conversation. We're focused a lot, a lot right now on making sure that we are learning and adapt, adopting safe practices to get through the next several months of this crisis. Uh, so that's what the focus has been on. Uh, but the intent is to get together and think about other things we can do to bring more talent and capabilities uh, into into the community.
0: So I think that's a good segue. Obviously, uh, the pandemic has been a big issue for, for every business. Um, Certainly yours. We wrote a lot about uh, Albertsons in the early days of the pandemic. We're starting to see some of the conditions ramp up, not just yeah. at Boise, but but across the country uh, with increasing numbers of cases. Unfortunately, more people, of course, dying um, mm-hmm. and local and statewide officials. You know making more adjustments what can shoppers expect to see in your stores will there be further changes as we go into this sort of next crucial phase of that of that pandemic
1: yeah don um we have learned a lot over the last 10 months and and when i say learned a lot learned a lot about safety protocols in our stores in our distribution centers to continue to elevate what we need to do to keep our associates safe and in turn, therefore, learning what to do to keep uh, our customers safe. So um, I'll give you an example. We've just launched across the country equipment that can can scan and you, you answer questions, then it prints a label, you put it on your chest, it says cleared. If you don't have the label, you don't get in. You know, people will say, well, "John, why do you have the label?" So we're trying to use technology to do that. Um, so that I think for, we, will
0: that be for shoppers or for employees? Not
1: for shoppers, so for the associate employees. Okay. Right? So we we are we are. Uh, we are continuing all of those safety protocols and we've never 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 took the, never slowed down on those safety protocols. And so we're glad we maintained those, we've become better at it. What you may find if there's a surge of people coming in and such, we may end up having to restrict the number of people coming in. It's already happened in some states. They've said, hey, it's 25% and you can't do 50%. And so we'll have counters at the front. You may end up uh, having to bear the inconvenience of a line for a while. But there is no relaxation of the safety protocols and people should feel comfortable that we are maintaining everything on that front.
0: How do you work with, you know, an environment where people are maybe mandated to wear masks? Certainly it's required in yeah. your stores and in many locales. You know, you'll you'll see posts on social media, somebody's like, Oh, well, they they didn't they didn't enforce it. How do you do that with frontline workers and make everybody feel safe and also sort of balance those those competing needs?
1: When when I, uh, I still remember that I was checking out at uh, one of our Albertson stores and, and this lady, uh, she was, she's she checking us out and she was, she was complaining about how difficult it is with the mask. But I ask you this, even now, we all now, as a reflex, wear a mask when we go into something and it feels, it feels normal. So I think we've become a, feeling a little more normal with that. Um, and the masks themselves have improved, right? We've got, masks that are you can breathe through better and so on. So that's become part of that. It is an expectation. If you're in our store, working in our store, you're going to wear it. Um, If you're a customer, we want you to wear it. And you know what, Don? 99.9% of the people wear it. Some people don't wear it because they've got a medical reason. Some people wear it, don't wear it because they don't want to. Um, And what we try not to do is to create a big fuss. We just and that number is much smaller. They do that, and we make sure we offer them a mask if they want to wear it, and we move on. But I, generally, it's become a lot, lot. I see a lot more compliance on mask wearing.
0: How's the supply chain? We're starting to see those, you know, those social media posts of empty yeah. shelves, and, and and I haven't personally seen it, but I know that that's starting to become an issue. How are you feeling about that supply chain as we head into winter and into the holiday season?
1: Um, I feel good, but here's what I think you're going to see in different markets around the country, we're always seeing running out of paper and uh, cleaning products and such. I think people are doing a little bit of a stock up. It's not like the last time around. It's not like spring, it's different. Um, but on the food side, we're seeing slightly elevated levels because I think people are also shopping for Thanksgiving. I don't think you're going to see the same kind of, I need to fill my entire freezer and pantry with food this time around, and I will tell I will tell you that I feel really good about this general state of the supply chain. We're going to have plenty of food. Let's just keep, stay with the patterns we've done for the last few months.
0: You talked about being in a store and, and checking out, you know, the, the, the founder of Albertsons, uh, Joe Albertson was fairly famous for spending a lot of time in the stores. I'm sure you've heard those, those stories. Do you, do you go into stores here in Boise or in other places and, and, and chat with employees? Do they know who you are? Do they recognize you? Do, I mean, yeah. tell us about that experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. So um, next week, I'll be in uh, Boston. Last week, I was in New York, Connecticut. Um, so I'm always trying to get out. And I think there is no reality, reality that in our business uh, like being in the store. Um, and uh, I spend the t- I go there because I want to talk to folks and understand what they're going through. Are our technologies working? Um, uh, do they have enough product? Where are they seeing shortages? So I love getting that. Uh, I, every so often, I just work a store down. Um, I'll work in a, a behind the deli, and you know what's funny? For the first hour, I'm CEO. After an hour, I'm actually slowing them down, right? I get slapped on the wrist. Come on, make that faster. It's really, it's great. And then they, then they tell me really what, what's in their mind. They, they tell me and I, I come back and my team loves it or hates it, but I have seven things to act on and I love that part of it.
0: Uh, you know, it's been interesting. You you would this summer. It was that was a boy a, a long road for for the company. Um, yeah. And I haven't checked the stock this morning, but you're right. You're right, kind of back around uh, that initial offering level. Um, what are you What are you guys doing to sort of show that value to the street and really help improve that stock price and and show people that hey Albertsons is a good solid investment moving forward.
1: Don, um, there's only one thing. I know that I can do in the long run, it, it is deliver performance, tell the street what we're going to deliver and deliver it, right, on a consistent basis. That's what we've done. We've, we had a good, strong Q1, another strong quarter two. Uh, we will keep delivering great numbers so that people realize that we're not only performing better, but that we're winning in the marketplace, We are gaining share and that we can consistently gain share because we are uh, doing things better and have a better solution for that customer. And so that's that's what I believe. And we'll stay with that. And I think you're seeing my belief is that we keep doing that. People recognize the true value of the company.
0: You've put a pretty uh, tight focus on technology. I think that it had been something the company was starting to try and figure out before you joined, but you really amped up that focus. What can customers expect to see from the company in coming months and years as as really this becomes more and more of a, a tech type of a business?
1: Many new choices of how you shop with us. You can drive up to our store and put it in the trunk of your car, or you can go out, have it delivered at home. You might have it delivered at home. We're piloting markets where you can have it delivered at home from two hours from the time you click send. Um, or shop or buy. And so, that, so we're working through all those uh, different models. I think you'll find uh, uh, different solutions coming up on our applications, the apps we have. You know, there are pharmacies where you can have your pills delivered, 600 of them within a couple of hours now. So we, we want to make, think of it this way. We, we are an exciting place to shop. You know, our produce, our meats, our bakeries, they're exciting. But we want to also be really easy. And the role technology plays is to make sure we can not lose that excitement, but still keep it really easy for you as a customer.
0: So you obviously have a, a behemoth of a competitor. You have lots of them. I would say Walmart and Kroger certainly are in that class. Uh, you know, Amazon came out yesterday and said, hey, we're gonna do prescription delivery. Uh, it's gonna be two day shipping. It's interesting because Wall Street reacted by kind of punishing the the pure play pharmacy stocks. Yeah. Your stock did fine. Um, yeah. But that's still going to be an interesting challenge, right? In a lot of markets, you probably have the biggest share of list uh, for pharmacy customers or or up high on that list. How do you compete with that? I think maybe you hinted at it there. And and how do you work with challenges from disruptors uh, outside of your traditional sector?
1: Don, uh, yes, they're a formidable competitor, but competition just makes everybody better, right? So think about our pharmacy business. There are some nuances and differences that um, uh, that, that insulate somebody like us. Number one, a lot of people who shop our pharmacy, our biggest customers, are, uh, pharmacy are also our big, important customers in our store. So they shop both together. Um, and so you can see them consolidating that in a trip. Many of them know and, and trust the pharmacist that's behind the counter, right? Um, they know the person by name. It's Amanda. They know they know the person. Uh, and third, there's a physical aspect to our farm. You can go there today and get a flu shot, a shingles shot, and when you when the vaccines are released, you'll be able to go there and get a vaccine uh, for for COVID. So uh, I think it's that combination of things that we do that one provide provide the one level of insulation from competition. But we too have the delivery um, two hours same day. We do have all of those capabilities, and we're building those capabilities now. If you're only in the pharmacy business, you have a bigger challenge because you don't have some of these things that you can bring together. <laughs>
0: Do you look at at, at ideas like a membership offering, which really help lock people into platforms and say, hey, maybe there's a membership and it gives you these benefits in store and online? Do you look at new models like that? Are you evaluating things like that that can help you um, really help keep people locked into that Albertson sort of ecosystem, so to speak?
1: Yes, Don. We talk a lot about the notion of a relationship, and we don't necessarily mean that you need to pay to get that relationship. So we have a program called uh, Just For You. We have fuel rewards that we probably had it forever. Um, And these programs, the more you shop with us, the more points you accumulate and you can redeem them for groceries or fuel. Um, And and you get special pricing uh, when you are on Just For You. So, And we know that when people engage in these areas, including pharmacy too, by the way, uh, they spend a lot more with us. And so we are going to continue to amplify that. That said, we also are looking at other types of memberships where people might get um, uh, delivery if they have a membership. Uh, so we're looking at those options too. But recognize that we're all coming at it in different ways to keep you close to us as a customer.
0: You launched uh, a new format store here in the Boise area. I think these happened just before you came on uh, with Market Street and Meridian and then the the variant on Broadway here in Boise. I noticed that the new Safeway store on Capitol Hill in DC Oh, it looks a lot like the store that yeah. I shop on Broadway. Yeah. Do you yeah. look at, at using Boise as kind of that place where you look for some innovation and try and roll it out? Or is that something you do all across the country? How, how does that work?
1: We start in Boise. We start a lot of things here in Boise. Um, um, it's a, it's a great, great area close to our headquarters so we can experiment. But those stores, I mean, if you think about that store, and it'll all come back after we get past this pandemic. We think... That store is about giving you a great experience in the part of the store that where you can actually experience, taste, smell, your eyes, the colors. Um, um, that's that's the experience side of the store. And then there is the side of the store, which I think is the chore, where you go up and down the aisles and pick things up. And we want to make sure we differentiate on this experience side of the store, which is what you're seeing us doing. Um, and And that's harder to do, right? It's a different model. You have to commit to it. And so we do that. We've learned from that, and you're seeing it going into other parts of the market. Um, and by the way, doesn't mean we do everything in Boise. We also experiment in other places. Like uh, all of our e-commerce has started in many other parts of the country. We've brought to Boise.
0: Uh, you know I was I was on the patio at uh, the Broadway store this summer during the Boise open and I tried to get a picture of this because it would have been a great image for a story uh, but they were doing the open to the Boise open and I was sitting on the patio at Albertson's and your face popped up on the giant display out there and I so wanted to get a picture of that because I was like well this is kind of funny like it's like he's, it's like the CEOs talking to me at the store here Um I'm going to close with like just kind of a pair of questions, and, and we'll start with sure. the harder one first. What do you think the biggest challenge for the business is uh, in the near and, and kind of midterms?
1: Near and midterm, it is, um, it is getting through this pandemic and sustaining the gains we've made. You know, We've had a lot more shoppers coming into our franchise, spending more with us. A lot of them have discovered us and discovered us in, the, in our totality. And our challenge, number one, is to make sure we retain those customers um, and, and uh, build on it. So, so that's one. Uh, the, the, in the near term, I, I think we are also uh, hopefully don't, don't stay in a recession too long, Right and and that in a recession you find people retrenching a little bit on what they spend and like everybody else we'll have to work through those but those are the two I see in the mid, near term.
0: So then on the flip side of that, opportunities.
1: Opportunities, uh, you know, to me, here's one phenomenon, two phenomenons that we didn't, I think, expect to have such a big dislocation on. One, people eating more at home. Don, it's clear to us people are also cooking more at home. Okay, Uh, because we see spices selling more and baked uh, flour and sugar. So people are cooking and baking more at home. Uh, That's one. The second thing is we never nobody. This term work from home um, wasn't as common in our parlance as it is today. Look at us. So I think that people are going to stay maybe not five days a week. Maybe they'll work one day more uh, at home. When you do that, you eat more at home. So when you eat more at home, you want great fresh product. You want meal solutions. You want it to be easy. You know, you want lunch to be quick. So we're putting a big emphasis on meal solutions, um, so that you don't have to. You know, you've got a busy day, and you can have a great lunch without having to, uh, to eat a turkey sandwich every day, uh, or you can make something make something easy for dinner without having to cook. So those are the kinds of things that we're pushing into. I think meals is a big opportunity for us.
0: Okay, real last question. What's the most interesting thing you've experienced in Boise since you started? You you moved here, right? You you live here? Yes. And what's the most interesting thing you've experienced?
1: You know, the the craziest thing about Boise is I see snow all around us, but no snow in Boise. It's something that I, I still can't understand. I'm waiting that one of these days we'll get this two feet of snow. Hasn't happened yet. And I, I haven't lived in a town like that. I've lived in the Midwest, where when you get snow, you get everybody gets snow, right? So uh, Boise is beautifully insulated.
0: Well, I think I think your day will come for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vivek Shankaran, thank you for joining us on the Boise Dev Podcast.
1: Take care. not thank you.